Good morning. We're back. 97.1 FM Talk. You're listening to the Ion Health Show. It's a great Saturday morning. Uh, we're here with, there. there's me, uh, Steve Harvey, MD, and we got Eric Robert running the board. How you How doing, you, Dr. Harvey? Doing good. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing just fine. Beautiful, beautiful fall Saturday we have here. It is. It is a beautiful yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Nice and crisp, just like exactly what you want this time of year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good stuff. And uh, and I, I wish people could be here to see it visually, but Eric's there at this control board, and it looks like the Starship Enterprise. What the heck do all those buttons do, you know, there's, uh, Let me just push them all at once. Let's okay, find out together. Right. No, it's, uh, yeah, a lot going on here. I think a, you know, yeah. Dr. Ojal over the years had said something about trying to avoid blue light. I don't think I'm able to do that in this seat. There's a <laughs> I, lot of blue light coming my way. There's a lot of blue light. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah it looks like the Starship Enterprise with microphones. There you, you go. You can picture that. That's the, that's what we're doing here, and uh, and and uh, Doctor Jones is not here today. I guess he's uh, out on vacation or something like that. Yeah, so, I think uh, he's got some stuff going on with the kids, and uh, so yeah. we, we've got a whole smorgasbord of things to talk about. We got tons of stuff to talk about. We we got more than enough. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the uh, the first thing should we go ahead and jump into Let's the first jump thing? In. Let's jump into the first thing. So so the the first topic we got here today is something that I think pretty much everybody is interested in. It's um, you know, a, a lot of times on this show, we talk about things that are in the popular media, but sort of misunderstood. And at other times, you like to talk about things that are completely missed by the popular media that were, were in the science media or were in mm-hmm. the medical media. And, and this is one of those things, something that was very important, uh, never, never made it to the popular media. I guess there were no... Uh, no Kardashians involved or something, yeah, so it just, yeah. didn't, <laughs> just didn't have the hook, huh? <laughs> just just didn't have the hook, yeah. So, it, but uh, but but we're going to talk about it here on Eye on Health. So, so the topic is is why is healthcare so expensive in the United States? Yeah, why why is that? So, so in the United States, and there's of course you know you can give you know a hundred different reasons for it, and it's obviously a very complicated topic. But uh, but one part of that that we can focus on is addressed. Uh, by this one uh, very good paper that came out uh, in the Journal of the American Medical Association um, that looked at wasteful medical spending. Yeah, I've got this pulled up here. So what uh, what were some of the key takeaways? I mean, obviously we see with uh, health care costs in the United States being more than just about any other country. Right? Yes. It's, we're, we're way up there. Yes, on a per capita basis even. Yeah, yes. as, as I think the article references uh, approaching 18% of our GDP. That's a huge, huge portion of the economy. It's humongous. Yeah, yeah, about, 18, about 18% and about $10,000 per person per year, mm-hmm. which, which is a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think uh, one, of the, one of the takeaways from the article is that uh, if you look at wasteful spending, and again, I, th- I think the article was very good at uh, the article was very good about being transparent about the fact that wastefulness is sort of in the eye of the beholder, and sure. you know it's hard hard to put a finger on pretty often. But as a very very reasonable estimate, about twenty five percent of of that huge expenditure is is wasteful. What are we, and what are in this? particular survey or meta meta survey whatever it is what are they constituting as wasteful meaning uh services and treatments provided that weren't necessary or 
excess costs associated with treatments that were necessary? What's the where's the line there? Good, good question. And and it's both of those mm-hmm. uh, and more. They they really they broke it down into six different categories, mm-hmm. which I think was a good thing for them to do, so they could kind of zero in on each one. And one of the one of the categories they identified was uh, unnecessary care that that was provided. And I think the one example of unnecessary care that can be very expensive is if you imagine, you know, imagine someone very sick near the end of their life. They just want to be left alone and have hospice in their last few days. But instead, you know, the hospital rushes them to the intensive care unit, puts them on a ventilator, you know, and, you know, make sure they have another $100,000 worth of medical expenses. And that might prolong things by two more weeks or something, but we yeah. Don't know. yeah. Yeah. Two more weeks. That of, wasn't what the patient was asking for. Not what the patient was asking yeah. for. Yeah. But but it might be what what uh, hospital business sure. people would prefer. Right. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Not to you know. But yeah. 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 I mean, I, that's that's rather uh, disheartening to think that that's the you know. I guess I guess you could see that. I w- I, I would hope that there's an institutional bias in hospitals that. Yeah. To always try and do whatever they can to save the life, but unfortunately, that may lead to some adverse consequences where money's being spent, even whenever it may not have been the most yeah. prudent decision in that case. Yes, I, I think yeah. so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe you need to. There's a special form that you need to be able to fill out when whenever you're checking in to say. I mean, you can have yes. this with like medical directives and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, but to say it's like. You know what? Go ahead and go full tilt if uh, you need to to keep me around in this hospital. Versus, eh, you know, here, let's check with me. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And they they do have things like that. You know, they they people have you know like there's a code status mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think sometimes it's sometimes the code status is not not adequately recognized or it's not really discussed with the patient like it should be. Um, so I think a lot of times they still drop the ball. But what are, what yeah. are some of the other ways that uh, we're seeing substantial? waste in the medical system yeah another another one of the six categories was uh was simply uh was simply fraud and abuse oh well and that was fraud it's just yeah. outright fraud which is uh you know for example if someone um if someone uh fakes a bunch of notes for a bunch of patients they didn't actually see submits them to medicare and and gets reimbursed is is, is that fairly prevalent uh, where actually in the medical community people are defrauding medicare i mean i could yeah i could see it where anytime you have a public facing you know system mm-hmm. there's going to be some portion of the public that's doing that but the actually this is fraud embedded in the medical system itself not coming from the patients correct and wow. it it has certainly happened you know i, I certainly yeah. hear about it's gonna happen yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna happen off and on and uh, and i think sometimes when uh when the medical system does that sort of thing a lot of times the victims tend to be uh you know like you know like nursing home patients for example who are too demented to know if they saw the provider or not you know is a way that it's done sometimes but uh but yeah i think there's a lot of ways that that simple fraud and abuse can occur and when it's medicare you know there's the fbi and other other agencies that to try to investigate that and root that out, but they're never going to be completely successful. Now, now of all of these hundreds of billions mm-hmm. of uh, is, you know waste and, and excesses that are that are described in this survey, uh-huh. I see a couple here 
that have uh-huh. really, really large, they seem like the big rocks in this uh, bucket of pebbles here. Yes. Pricing failure. Yes. Which accounted failure. for $230.7 billion to $240.5 billion in waste over the survey period. That's a lot of money. That's, yeah, you could you get a couple nice, you know. Right. Might be able to buy a hospital with that, right? <laughs> That's right. Or, or two. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. 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 So, so pricing failure is another big one where in, in situations where there is, is not, and as a financial guy, you might give a better explanation of this than I could, but you know, where, where there's inadequate competition and where something is just vastly overpriced for, for what they're getting just because no one else is there doing it or, or because there's not transparency in the pricing. Sure. Sure. Well, you know, and that really gets at a key issue for, you know, looking at it from an arm's length, I'm not in the Mm -hmm. medical community. I just, you know, talk to you guys about it every week. Uh, Uh but but you see this key, you, this critical disconnect between the, the patient and the treatment. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of administrative complexity within that. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe next segment we can mm-hmm. get into from your view, Dr. Harvey, where yeah. where do those disconnects come into play in some of the waste that we see oh, yeah. uh, in the medical system? Boy, I, I have opinions. Don't get me going on that. Do you have a that. few thoughts on that? I, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we'll, we'll do that next. This is 97.1 FM Talk, and you're listening to Ion Health with Dr. Steve Harvey. All right. All right, we're back. 97.1, Eye on Health. This is FM Talk, KFTK. And we're talking about uh, the price of health care, wasteful medical spending. And we've talked about some of the categories of wasteful medical spending. And one, one fun fact that we, didn't, uh, that we didn't get to when we were on the air before was, uh, do you know what the amount of wasted medical spending is, according to this estimate? The, the total aggregate amount? Total aggregate amount, all six categories it's, put together. It, it's an awful lot, because it, the just the pricing failure was something like $230 billion. Right. And then there's five more categories. So five, yes. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm going, it's it's well north of $500 billion. And, and indeed it is. It was estimated to be around, you know, give or take $100 billion, you know, yep. $100 billion yeah, in yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, eight hundred and walking around money. Right, you know, exactly <laughs> right. If you're, yeah, yeah. Uh, eight hundred and fifty billion dollars wow. per year. Eight hundred and fifty billion, and you and we can compare that to our national defense budget, which is much smaller than that. Our whole national defense budget is six hundred and seventeen billion dollars. Well, and, and that's what that's how high the stakes are in this debate. And, and I'm not saying this yeah. from a political perspective on, on right. either side. I mean, I think most of the listeners know it's yeah. 97.1 FM talk. I've been here a long time. I tend to lean pretty heavily to the right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that being said, I think we do a disservice uh, when when uh, those on the conservative side in particular see the debate. Yeah. On healthcare spending, because that can transform the economy yes. the same way that uh, a, a really good tax cut package can put hundreds of billions of dollars back into the economy. Addressing systemic issues in the healthcare system yeah. and making that more efficient frees that up for consumers long term. That's a that's a huge win if you can do that in a way that uh, works for consumers, protects mm-hmm. appropriate rights, and you know drives toward a more, in my opinion, a more market based economy. Well, absolutely, yeah, and I, I think. Yeah, and I think on both sides, there's been a, a pretty massive failure of, of even being able to describe or agree on what the problems are. Yeah. And I, th- I think the problems are, are it, things are really, really messed up. So, you know? It, you know, as an insider in the healthcare industry, Dr. Yeah. Harvey, do you see, 
is it one of those situations where you're walking around, you're dealing with, you know, hospital systems, healthcare administrators, doctors, nurses, patients all day long, and, mm-hmm. and you get the sense that everybody knows what there's some simple things that need to happen, but for some reason they can't? Or is it there's really just no consensus on what the next step should be to, to address these issues? I, I think there is some consensus. I, I think di- different physicians would have a, you know, and different people would have a different points of view, but mm-hmm. I think there, there is, there is some consensus for, for what needs to be done. Yeah. Okay. And I think one, one of the things that needs to be done is, um, you know, if, if you, if you're a physician with, you know, you might have, let's say you have 5,000 patients and those 5,000 patients might have 3,000 different insurance plans. Sure. You know, because even people have Blue Cross Blue Shield, every employer yeah. is different. They all have their own quirky rules. And, and each one of them is going to have their own quirky rules about what they'll approve, what they won't approve. Yeah. You know, the staff can call them to find out. They'll be on the phone for an hour. So I can see a patient for 15 minutes, and then my staff person has to spend an hour on the telephone to get me paid for that 15 minutes. <laughs> Which, yeah. which is just nuts, which is just nuts. Yeah. And the, and the cons, a fairly conservative estimate is just that, that wrangling with a private insurance company, uh, it's about $70,000 per year per doctor just to do that, Yep. you know, just to deal with the crazy complexity. And of course the insurance companies benefit from that complexity because a lot of times people give up or they just don't get the health care that they need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, as a consumer, I know I, I'm one of those people that keeps very, you know, meticulous bill files and things like that. And I'll keep mm-hmm. calling and hounding people on that $20 item until it, until it you know, oh. resolves. So I know everything's okay. Good for you. But I found with, with healthcare billing in particular, you, you know, whenever there's, when there's a glitch in the system mm-hmm. and you're involved with it, you know, yeah. whether that's as a patient or, or whatever, it, you've got to stay on top of that sometimes forever. And sometimes it pops back up a couple months later, you know, and and you're still dealing with this disconnect between a provider and an insurance company. And I'm like, I'm not even sure what my role here is, but I wish you would all talk to each other because I (laughs) I keep on getting, you know, weird, (laughs) weird situations. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, I think, I think one thing that would help is some, some kind of standardization of procedures or, or have, have, have like guardrails where insurance companies, uh, can't make up their own rules as much sure. as they do now because they do it. Uh, they they do it to. Oftentimes they do that to try to prevent people from getting care or to try to find ways to not pay the doctor. Yeah. You know, so when when you pay that insurance premium, some of the money you're paying goes to lawyers from the insurance company who are trying to think of sneaky ways to not pay me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's that that's a type of waste that I don't think is even addressed. In that eight hundred and fifty billion dollar figure, so that that's another big one. There's, there's, I, I have to imagine there's a phenomenal amount that just simply can't be measured in a study like this, because just like we were talking about, where people simply give up yeah. because it's too complex or don't seek treatment for a long time because they're they're having issues, you know, whether it's funding the care, dealing mm-hmm. with insurance, what have you. Well, then the issue that they had snowballs into something that costs ten times as much. Right. Yeah. You know? Yes. Right. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. So with and with all that complexity involved, you know, that puts a big burden on the patient. It put, puts a big burden on the doctor's office. And it's all for nothing. You know, it, it might be, you know, the doctor needed to do 10 minutes worth of thinking and talking to the patient. And that's what the patient really needed. 
But after that 10 minutes worth of thinking and talking, there's, you know, hours and hours of blah, 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 blah for nothing. So, so what are some of the practical solutions? Maybe they're huge ideas. Maybe they're small ideas that, that in your position or in, according to this article, do we think can help make progress in uh, making the healthcare system less wasteful? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one, one possibility is there, there's the concept of the health insurance companies have a, a something called, it's, it's a medical loss ratio, mm-hmm. which is the amount of, of your, uh, which is the amount of your insurance premium that, that they spend on actual health care. Mm-hmm. So ideally you would want a medical loss ratio close to a hundred percent. Sure. Um, now insurance companies are mandated to have a, a medical loss ratio of 80%, which means 20% of it goes toward blah, 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 yeah. you know, you know, slick salespeople, TV commercials. Well, it, it, well and with yeah. that, uh-huh. you, you're dealing with a portion of the economy that's growing significantly faster than the overall inflation rate. The yes. medical healthcare inflation grows faster than the broader economy. Mm-hmm. So if you have a government, basically by putting in that 80% mandate, uh-huh. you've told the insurance companies, you got 20% yes. to mess with. Right. By the way, right. that 20% grows on average 6 to 8% per year. Yes. So that's a big number that keeps getting bigger. That, that is. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a huge number that keeps getting bigger. Yeah. And I think, I think if it's a Medicare Advantage plan, it has to be 85% instead of 80. Mm-hmm. And uh, for Medicare itself, the number is much higher. I think it's north of 90% for, for regular Medicare. Sure. So, so they, they have a lower, a lower cost in that sense. But I, I think, I think reining in the amount of money that they spend on things other than healthcare would, would be helpful. Interesting. So yeah. what, one of the concerns that I know I always have, huh? and we hear expressed often whenever people start talking about particularly comparing Medicare to private insurance mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, you know, higher operational efficiency of Medicare as a government run program, yeah. which sounds oxymoronic whenever you say it that I way, know, but, but it's true. But yeah, it, true. it's true. Yeah. There's, there's significant caveats, however, yeah. as, as many you know, providers who have to deal with Medicare, yeah. have, you know, can, can, uh, uh, substantiate that being said with what you, what sort of, uh, uh, changes could you see, or is there a new type of insurance product that maybe doesn't exist today, uh, in the healthcare space that could, could make it much simpler where you cut out those administrative costs? It just seems so unnecessarily yeah. complex to, you know, uh, compared it, to what you would have with like your auto insurance, for instance. It, it, it yeah, it, it is, it is very, very complex. And I think one, one solution, one one possible solution, which I'm not really advocating, but I think it's important to bring up for the national discussion, is and we're going to have a guy uh, here about a about a month from now to talk about it. Is is uh, is you know one possible solution is believe it or not Medicare for all. Sure. You know, and I think you know dealing with Medicare is is kind of like dealing with a DMV. You know, that's true, but uh, dealing with private insurance is kind of like dealing with. Uh, with a used car salesman, you know, <laughs> and if I had a choice, I'd rather deal with the DMV. Yeah. And I think is at least in my practice before I did, before my current job, you know, if we had Medicare for all, my, my income would have been, I'd be making a lot more money sure. you know, because sure. wouldn't have to hire all these people to deal with the insurance companies and everything. So that that's one way where we could still have a free market healthcare because the providers would still be competing for, for patients. Sure. But we would, uh, cut out all the crazy complexity and all the conflicts of interest 
that are well, that's obviously a company. hot button political issue right now. Oh, sure, uh, is. And, yeah. and, uh, as you said, you know, we're not yeah. endorsing that per se. We're just it, it is one of the options on the table. Yeah. Uh, next yeah. on Ion Health, maybe we can get into that a little bit. What are some of the issues? And the big yeah. question that was uh-huh. asked many times over the last week of some of the recent presidential candidates: well, What's it actually cost to do that? No yeah. one seems to answer that question. Yeah, no one seems to answer that question. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it, it, it's it's not cheap. Yeah, it's not cheap. Yeah, but, let's talk about that after the break. That's next on Ion Health. <laughs> All right, we're back. Glad, glad you guys didn't hear what we were talking about right before the red that's lights. Right. But that's where the real show happens. That's where right, the real Dr. show Herman. happens, and where it's really entertaining and really controversial. But you don't get to hear that. So, Doctor Harvey, yes. speaking of uh, really controversial, yeah. right before uh, we we right. went to the news, uh-huh. we were talking about one possible uh, uh, you know outlet for the medical waste in the in the healthcare system. Yeah, and that is you brought up. Medicare for all. Yeah, Medicare for all. That's a little bit of a hot button issue these days. That, that is a hot button issue, but yeah. I heard that's good for ratings. So. Well, you know, we, we really would. So we want <laughs> yeah, we, we we to invite the listeners here. 314-241-9797 or 866 Yeah, To be clear, I'll speak for myself, Dr. Harvey. I'll let you speak for yourself. We're facilitating a conversation here. There's a lot of ways to handle this, which we'll we'll talk about. Um, personally, I'm not advocating for Medicare for all. That's not that's not my deal. But you know, there's certainly some interesting efficiencies that come with that solution. That I think you could there's a there's a valid point to say the reason why that might work for certain areas of the the healthcare economy. How can we do that in a better way? Would kind of be my approach to it without hey, without handing it over to a, a full on you know one hundred percent government uh, bureaucracy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think I think for, from my point of view, from a, from a physician's point of view, and the point of view of many other physicians, um, I think Medicare for all is a reasonable possibility. I'm not really advocating it, but I do think it's a reasonable thought. And I also think a lot of the arguments that people have against Medicare for all. Are just wrong. Sure. You know, people say, oh, it's socialism. It's not. It's not socialism, you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, why, yeah. why is it not socialism? I guess I, 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 that would be my question. It's, it is a government-funded program entitlement. Where where would you say say it's different? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's it's not socialism in the sense that the uh, that the providers themselves are, are not working for the, not you don't become gov- government. It's not a socialized healthcare system in the sense yeah. that all doctors become federal government employees, hospital systems owned by the federal government, yeah, as we see in some other countries. Exactly. Yeah, gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. is that is a substantial difference too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a substantial difference. So the so the the provision of medical of medical care is still uh, entirely free market. It's just the the people who are providing the medical care will be relieved of the burden of dealing with thousands of different crazy insurance companies. But but is it mm-hmm. free market though? Because the pricing power that the government then holds in setting Medicare pricing, ah. that's not exactly free market. That's that's it's quite not. by dictate, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's dictated. But but the from our point of view, the same thing is true for the uh, insurance. The, the same thing is true for insurance companies yeah, too. Yeah. You know? yeah, no, I think that's the yeah, problem. Yeah. You know that, that right? That yeah, pricing and, and it's it, that's that's where I always you know it's easy to say that. If we if we expand quote Medicare for all, mm-hmm. there's an assumption that Medicare as a system will continue working substantially the same way it does today. Yes, but my question has always been: Well, you've got Medicare is a huge program serving yeah. a huge part of the population. Yeah, but it's it's a known part of the population, and the the structural integrity of the program has been basically working on that demographic tilt for a long time, which is part of why yeah. the costs are running away. 
you yes, know, because yes. those those costs are increasing. Does that magically get better whenever you expand it out to the rest of the population, or are we going to find some more significant pricing disruptions when you shut out what, where where oh. the private marketplace is compensating potentially insurance companies and doctors at a higher level for certain services than Medicare? Does mm-hmm. that how does that balance out in the end? I, I can't see that being anything but significantly disruptive. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it, it would be disruptive if it happened all at once because there would be significant pricing differences. At least, uh, at least in my practice, oftentimes Medicare paid a little bit better than the private insurers, and then yeah. there's a lot less of the burden of filling out extra, you know, actually less bureaucracy. Really? With so Medicare. in your practice, it was it paid better than the private insurers. Yes, it did. Wow, yes. that's interesting. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, because private insurance companies were always, you know, trying to crank down sure. the the reimbursements, but Medicare has stayed relatively stable and reasonable during that time. And there is just less paperwork with Medicare than there was. It's counterintuitive, but there is less bureaucracy with Medicare than there was for the private insurance companies. Is there any evidence that um, you, one of the things that we saw in this study? Was that uh, you know fraud and and abuse is yeah. a, a large portion. It's not the biggest portion, but yeah. it's fifty eight point five to eighty three point nine billion dollars. That's a, enough to grab you lunch, you know. Huge, like right? Yeah, <laughs> do quite a bit <laughs> and with a that. few aircraft carriers. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We could probably get that Mars mission going. You yes, know? Uh-huh. Um, but if is is more is there any evidence that there's more fraud and abuse in public? publicly funded programs like Medicare than ah. with private insurers. Because while I understand nobody loves the the yeah. you know, healthcare insurer, you know, nobody wants to go give them a Christmas gift, right? Right. But right. those businesses are they have incentives to watch their costs on their side as as typically for right. profit companies right. to bring down costs that they're paying or prices that they're paying to providers, yes. thus the lower uh, uh-huh. reimbursements in some cases. Right. Um they don't necessarily have an incentive to make it as uh, pleasant of an experience for either patients or doctors, because mm-hmm. in many cases for group insurance plans, their client is a large employer. Yes. Right? Right. So that, that's the disconnect that I think we, from my yeah. perspective, that moves all this is mm-hmm. if you can make insurance connected to the individual, which which there have been attempts to do in the past, yeah. but give the individual better choices with more flexibility, not less flexibility, less standardization of insurance policies and and, and, more ability for individual underwriting. That seems to solve a lot of it. Of course, then you have some welfare issues on the other side where you have pre-existing conditions that are problems, things like that. That, Those are things, though, that seem to me to fit more explicitly in the public welfare sphere. You know, I don't don't know. What what do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's a... That's that's a whole lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole lot. So, but uh, yeah, where 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 would I where would I even start with that? I think I, I think a lot of that boils down to you know what are the incentives of the of the private insurance companies mm-hmm. and and in th- another study which we probably don't have time to, to talk about that particular study, but the other study with uh, with the Medicare Advantage plans. Sure. So so we we do have an apples to apples comparison where we can see how a government plan. Uh, stacks up against a private plan when we have the Medicare Advantage plan. And just for listeners' edification, a yeah. Medicare Advantage plan is? Oh, it's like uh, it's when the private insurance company will, uh, will where you have your Medicare benefits mm-hmm. through a private insurance company. So right. they give you like a version of Medicare, and they give you some extra stuff with it, 
Yeah, you know, additional we, benefits on top of base Medicare yeah, yeah. that uh, cover you know various various issues that that just simply aren't part of the Medicare program. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They gave you additional benefits, and then on the back end, they they you get have some disadvantages. Also, a lot of stuff is not covered that would have been covered with regular Medicare. Yeah. They have a restricted provider panel, mm-hmm. so le- less choice basically. So in, in that comparison, when you have the the privately insured. Uh, Medicare plan versus the regular Medicare plan. Uh, the regular Medicare plan uh, costs less mm-hmm. and usually has uh, has better patient satisfaction in those cases. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just um, scrolling through this article a little bit. Yeah. That, that that particular article showed that for the Medicare Advantage plans, for the private plans, people who, um, when, when they denied coverage, for a service, or either denied payment to the doctor or denied coverage uh, for for a patient, if it was appealed, about seventy five percent of the appeals were overturned, which means that three fourths of them really never should have been denied in the first place. Wow! Which, according to the which according to that report, makes it appear that these insurance companies are issuing a massive number of denials that never should never should have been denied. Is that is that a pattern that? you see broadly with private insurance or, or is this something I see the study is specific to Medicare Advantage plans to be yeah. able to do that apples to apples comparison, so, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but in, in your anecdotal opinion, is that, is this just a, a broad based issue? Oh yeah. Yeah. In, in, in my, Shocker, we, we, we right? won't call it, yeah, we won't call it anecdotal opinion. We'll call it observation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that, that is something that happens. And, and, and how can we blame them? You know, it, it's a free market. They have, they have an obligation to make a profit and you make a profit by not giving patients treatment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's that's one way to do it. That's one way to yeah. do it. Right. Uh, we do yeah. have some calls coming in. Cool. Uh, so if you'd like to join us, you'd share your thoughts on these issues, 314-241-9797 or 866-455-9797. Dr. Harvey, uh-huh. uh, you know... Do you think any of the major, uh, whenever whenever you use the term Medicare for all, right? Uh-huh. And that's obviously a tenant of certain campaigns today uh, in the Democratic primary. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just seems like, you know, they say a couple sentences. I, I haven't seen a real practical plan on this. Right. I, you know, now yeah, I, I know huh? some I have been either. cooked up over the years. I'm not yeah, saying they don't yeah. exist, but for many of the, you know, that's currently on the table, it seems like similar to previous political campaigns, a lot of platitudes about the big problems that they want to yeah. solve, that sort of thing. And we're going to do it with X Medicare for all, right. but then getting into the, how much is it going to cost? How did, how is it actually going to work? What's that mean for your private insurance? You know, all of these other things, how, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I, I also have not seen a real good plan for how to implement it. So it might be, it might be something that so would you're be not impractical. proposing one here today. Uh. <laughs> right. I, I don't know enough about it to propose it. No, I, I do know that one, one proposal people have had is at least to offer, to offer Medicare as like an option where people can have, even if you're not old or disabled, where you can still have, you know, pay an insurance premium and have Medicare. Sure. You know? We have, uh, we have Jim on line one. Jim, what's your question for Dr. Harvey? Hi, Jim. Hello. Hi. Uh, hello. I don't, can you hear me all right? I sure can. I can hear you fine, Jim. Good morning. I worked in healthcare for about 35 years and owned my own business for uh, almost 30. Oh. And the private insurance companies were sometimes difficult to deal with, but what was unique about Medicare is they could break the law. And let me give you one hey. example. Yeah. 
uh, I had a product, and I won't go into all the details, it was doing very well, it was popular, physicians and hospitals were ordering it, and Medicare changed the rules, but they made it effective six months before they reported it. So I had six months of billing plus six figures in product all of a sudden was a boat anchor. Insurance companies can't do that. Wow. Medicare and talking to other vendors throughout the country, they said, oh, yeah, we've had that happen to us before. Wow. They do stuff like that. Well, I think that's one, uh, of, the, that's one of the fears that, uh, yeah. that, that may not be able to be specifically spoken to yeah. as a criticism of Medicare for all other than uh-huh. the fear of, hey, you're putting a ton of power in the control of bureaucrats that if you put right. that power there, even if it, you know, you're, Jim, you're saying you've seen abuse today, but you know if you put 18% of the American economy uh-huh. and you concentrate that there, there someone's going to monkey with it. Right. That's a, that's a legitimate worry. Were you able to, to sue or anything like that or anything you could do about that? Yeah. You can't sue Medicare. Oh, okay. I guess not. Yeah. Not sue Medicare. Wow. wow. In fact, if you have... If you have an appeal with Medicare, it goes back to Medicare hired judges. Wow. Trust me on this. I've been in it a long time. I'm not making this up. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's not exactly the position you want to be in. We we wow. will be uh, coming back in just a moment on Ion Health 971 right. FM Talk. We do want to hear more from you 314-241-9797 or 866 9797 All right. All right, we're back. This is Ion Health, 97.1 FM Talk. And uh, somehow we ended up talking about Medicare for All. I'm, I'm not an expert on that, uh, but, uh, but here I am anyway with a microphone. Yeah. And uh, we're going to take, we're going to further the conversation. We got Ken. Yeah. yeah. Ken, what's your comment for today? Yeah. Hi. Well, I have a question, actually, about a statement you made. And if I misunderstood, correct me. Uh-huh. Um, I worked back in the 90s, I worked for United Healthcare. And I worked for GHP when it was called GHP of Greater St. Louis. They had a plan called Advantra. And then um, there was a plan called Caris, which were, th- those were Medicare HMOs back then, okay? Yes, I've heard um, of most of those, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so anyway, my understanding was is anything that Medicare covered, we had to cover. Um, I mean, I even signed somebody up one time. Uh, their doctor gave him one of our packets, and I got the call when it came in to go sign this person up. And they needed a heart transplant, okay? Um, and I, of course, had to hear about that from my boss because you were just talking about profitability on the insurance companies. But anyway, um, you know, I couldn't turn the guy down. I mean, we couldn't turn somebody down if they qualified for Medicare and they met all requirements. Yeah. And my understanding was we had to pay for what Medicare uh, had to pay for. Now, if I understood what you said about these newer Medicare Advantage plans, because I, mm-hmm. I, I've been out of that for years, they can actually decline services that Medicare covers? That I, did I hear? Yeah, I, I've ser- I've definitely seen specific examples where they decline some things. Like I, just w- one specific example I can think of is I had a patient who was doing very well, had Medicare, switched to a Medicare Advantage plan, and one of the medications he was on was not the Medicare Advantage plan would not cover. So okay. he got very sick and ended up in the hospital. But that's, it might be that the, the pharmacy coverage somehow changed to something else. Well, I know, like, just one more thing, if I could, real quick. My sure. mom has um, um, Aetna through her retiree plan, which is a Medicare like Advantage plan. Oh, and okay. her doctor gave her two prescriptions, and neither one of them were covered. And I went ahead and called, you know, the pharmacy in the doctor's office. And within one day, they got a, um, 
you know, approval on it and, you know, and approve the meds. But I was just sitting there thinking about procedures. I mean, I'm not, you know, saying you don't know what you're talking about. I'm just curious because I just knew that back then we had to, we had to cover everything Medicare did. I mean, if we turned somebody down, we were going to, you know, hear about it from them. And, um, you know, they really, they really, I mean, they came in a few times and looked at all of our paperwork and everything, applications that we had written, all yeah. kinds of stuff. And they questioned us pretty closely because they were paying a monthly premium, yeah. for, like you had mentioned, for each per, each person, yeah. you know, they, depending on where you lived, you know, what, how, what your age was, things of that nature. Yeah, to, you know? to be clear, I think this, uh-huh. if I'm understanding the study that you sent appropriately, Dr. Harvey, it's uh-huh. saying that these were, these were claims that were denied or declined for whatever reason that should not have been. Right under the law, so we admit you may be making the right point here, Ken. Which is, yes. that's what the study's highlighting is that 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 simply couldn't have happened otherwise, uh, and it did under the Medicare Advantage plan. We do have one more call, yeah, uh, and then a, a quick. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got a pro tip for listeners, right? Before I do. The end of the I do show. have a pro tip. Yes. Uh, Mickey, what's your comment today? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm talking about the waste. It is. Um, I was in the hospital and I needed a breathing treatment. And they came in, and they had this bag of equipment, and then they said, well, which one do you want to use? Do you want the thing in your mouth? Do you want the face mask? Or there was a third one. Uh-huh. And they used one of them and then took the rest of it and just threw it in the trash can. And I'm like, that's such yeah. a waste. Why can't they re- repackage that because it's not used? Yeah. And they just threw it in the trash. And then another thing I have to say is when I was in the hospital, they put equipment in my room that they never used on me, and the guy would come in every day and scan it. And I'm like, why Why am I getting charged for this equipment? Because they're not using it. Sure. Ah. Well, thank you, thank you for that comment, Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you stay, you have to, have, unfortunately, have an extended stay in a hospital. Right. Well, you, you, sometimes you do see things that don't quite make sense, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Like, whoa, whoa. it's like what up with that? Yeah. <laughs> what's yeah. your so what's your yeah. what's your big uh, pro tip for listeners this week, Doctor yeah. Harvey? Yeah. My 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 big pro tip for listeners, and and this this is uh, m- moving on from the topic of Medicare for all. But my my pro tip is drinking bleach is bad. It is. It, yeah. Yeah. After all these years. I know. After all these years. Yes. Gosh. Yes. And, and apparently, so so the FDA issued a warning recently. This is actually the third time they've had to issue this warning in the last ten years or so. But there there are some products being sold on the internet that um, that are being advertised as a miracle cure for a long list of things. Mm-hmm. A miracle cure for autism. A miracle cure for cancer. Yep flu, all sorts of other things that are being given as either uh, something you swallow or, or as an enema. Pe- people have died and uh, or, so or been severely be on the injured. lookout with this. Yes. What, what, can you point them to an article to find out about this? Uh, not off the top of my head, but okay. it's, but it's uh, like Miracle Mineral Solution and things similar to that. It's uh, it's it's chlorine dioxide is, is the active ingredient, which is a, a bleach. Don't drink bleach. Don't drink bleach. That's Drinking the, that's the best tip from Dr. Harvey. Yes. This is Ion Health 97.1 FM Talk, and uh, On the Money is up next.